Welcome back to the second episode of Strong Boss Bitches. Monica and I are in the house and today we are talking about how words have power. Thank you for being here, Monica. This is going to be good today. So stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willett. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. And we're back. Thank you guys so much. Words have power, Monica. Here we go again. Yes, you guys. You're going to love this topic. It should be interesting. Words... (laughs) have power we're getting into it we're doing it words we're have going, power we're going all the way in too oh yeah we're gonna talk about everything we're, go- we're gonna the be inward yep. everything well because I've, I've had this conversation with on one of my episodes with the dear white women hosts but because you're a beautiful woman of color and i am not <laughs> no <laughs> i am i am kidding no i am lack of color <laughs> That is not true, girl. I am sans color. You're white on the outside. You got some chocolate somewhere in you, girl. I do. I do. I do. However, I present as white. (laughs) So we kind of, we've we've talked a lot and we are going to do an entire episode on race. race. Yeah. But we wanted to talk about all sorts of words and how they do have power. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a great place for us to kind of start this topic with regard to the N word, but I also want to talk about other words. And I know you do too, because words have frequency. They do. They have an energy to Absolutely. them. The way that you use your words, Absolutely. the way that you say your words. I mean, usually I tell my kids all the time, I'm going to kill them. I'm like, I'm killing you. I'm telling you, I'm killing you. I'm killing. Yeah. It means nothing. It means nothing. It literally means yeah. nothing to them. So there, we also talked about that before hitting record right. is intent. Exactly. Yeah. Because see, that's the key to it. The intention of what you're saying. Yeah. You can, which is why I have such a challenge with the N-word and why it's so controversial. I have, I've had dear white friends that have called me and said, Monica, I don't know whether to refer to Black people as Black. African-American. African-American. Colored, oh Lord! You know they. What 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 do I do? And I said, you know, you have to understand the connotation and the history. Oh yeah, that blacks have gone through. When you use the N word, the word originated in like the 18th century, and it has a Latin adjective attached to it. It was intended towards a lowly person, right? Lowly meaning low income or deprived or oppressed. It wasn't until people of other denominations decide to use it in a derogatory content towards black people. So it was focused. It became it, focused, it became focused on, people, right. on blacks and was meant to be demeaning yeah. and derogatory towards black people or people of color. Mm-hmm. And there's this big controversy now about why it's okay for black people to call each other the N-word. With an A, with it, with it, with an A, with an A instead of a hard ER. Exactly. And why it's not okay for 
white people to use that word with any ending with any ending with any with that with, with a soft with a, a with, with a e k with the one it don't matter z's doesn't matter Under no letters any circumstances right. it's never okay even in a song even in a song even singing a song never okay for ever. a white person to use that word because it was created to demean to demean to so when a person a white person says that towards a person of color and they say it with the intention you in okay you're not saying that lovingly Never. you're saying that to hurt or demean that person yeah so under any context it's never acceptable yeah and we have to be okay with talking about it we have to be okay about talking we about have it. to be okay with talking about it, it. We, like i'm a, yeah. can i tell you a funny story of course please I live in a, I call it a Stepford community. Mm. It ain't a blade of grass. <laughs> Stop it. Out of place in my subdivision. I oh, live in a Stepford community. It's I really do. Right. Oh, it's ridiculous. Beautiful, gated, you know, beautiful, gorgeous, luxurious houses. And my neighbor next door is a chef. Mm-hmm. And he had invited everybody on our street over for dinner. Good neighbor to have. So we were sitting there. We're having cocktails and eating. And it was probably about 12 of us. And the lady sitting next to me is the neighbor that lives about three houses down. And she says, just with the straightest face you've ever seen in your life. She said, have you all seen those lions that the neighbors put at the beginning of of their driveway? She says, that's just so niggerish. Girl. (laughs) I think I just pooped my pants. You could have heard a pin drop. She, 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 she said it so. So white lady now, right? White lady. I'm the only it's black. Like she was ordering. I'm the only up. black person She's at the ordering. whole damn table. Oh, and I'm sitting next to her, and she says, "Oh my goodness, it's just so niggerish." And you can hear glasses fall over, and plates dropped, and forks went on the floor. Yes. And people just gas. So I, you know, everybody's looking at me. Where is this going to go? Where is this going to go? Where is this going to so go? I, I asked her, I said, will you explain to me? I said, tell me what you mean. What is your understanding of the word niggerish? Yeah. So she proceeded to say that she thought it was just real tacky. And I had to explain to her the connotation of that word. Not tacky. And I said, <laughs> not tacky. Sugar plum. Yes. That's not tacky. I said, what you just said, that word is used to demean and to demoralize Black people and people of color. I said, I live in this subdivision. So for you to call the lions beautiful, I mean, this $800,000 house. Right. Stop it. So get out of here. We're not talking about some little 1,000 square foot ranch. If they want to put lions at the beginning, there's of the, lions everywhere in my town too. Please, please. So, please. But it just was stunning to me that she felt so comfortable. So comfortable. Didn't understand what she was saying. And, you know, she apologized. And she says, Oh my God, Monica. She said, I didn't realize that I was offending anybody. And I said, Never, ever, ever again in life ever use that word ever under any context. Yeah. Whether you're describing. <laughs> outside architecture the gate or whatever mm-hmm. never 
ever use that word. Well, and we're seeing we're seeing an intelligence shift. We're seeing people like we have social media now. There's there's more information readily available at the drop of we can have a book from Amazon here in two hours. Right. So we have that information available to us no matter what it is. I remember being a kid and let me Jew them down. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, that was I didn't know any difference. And I've heard that people make that statement a lot. And I was like, I don't even know. Like, I just thought it was a a, a, that's offensive. Completely. That's but when you're growing up and you hear it from, you don't don't know. It's like saying, get me a cup of coffee. Yeah. I don't know the difference. Yeah. But guess what? Ignorance is no longer bliss. And also, and it's not an excuse, it's not an excuse, it's not an excuse it's not anymore an excuse. because we are in the age where everything mm-hmm. is available. We're talking about Google on your day, Google phone. on it. And it's, it's all there for us at any time to figure out. And if in 2020 or 2021, you think that in any way, shape or form that the word N word to describe anything is ever acceptable is ever acceptable absolutely and i feel the same way about when people use the word cracker mm-hmm. it's just stupid and redneck horrible yep it is the intention behind the word you're trying to demean and you demoralize. are attempting to demean yeah somebody mm-hmm of European or Caucasian descent. It's no different when people do the same thing with the N-word. It doesn't matter to me. I think it's offensive if you're saying cracker, peckerwood, redneck, or you're using the N-word. Right. Under any circumstances, it's never, ever, 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 ever okay. Right. And we have to, when you see it, you have to call it out. Anti-racist. You have to call it out. It doesn't matter whether it's somebody that you know, because you know me, girl, let me tell you what, <laughs> I have a reputation. Yeah. My friends don't even get embarrassed anymore. There are two things that just chap my ass to make me go from Michelle Obama to Shaquita. Shaquita shows girl, up. Girl, Shaquita shows up. She's up. Okay. When I see somebody purposely practicing prejudice and racism, and when I see someone that is rude or discourteous to somebody, yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's a child, a disabled person, an elderly person, but the racism and the prejudice thing, girl, I lose it. I lose it. Well, and we're, we're all starting to lose it. I people lose are getting it. fired. You have, it's, it's but over. you have to teach people, one, how to treat you mm-hmm. and that you are to be respected. Your race, your color, your descent, your creed, your religion, none of that has anything to do with you are always to be respected. Yeah. I was in the grocery store and I was looking at the eggs to see which one that I wanted. And this gentleman, he didn't reach to to my right. He reached across my breast. Stop it. To pick up a carton of eggs. Girl, I wheeled around. Shaquita. Oh, oh, Shaquita came out. <laughs> Shaquita's in I said, I don't know what barn you were born in. I said, but I know your mother taught you better manners than that. I said, you're supposed to say, excuse me. His wife comes over. She said, what's happening here? I said, what's happening here is that you need to teach your damn husband some manners. 
He just now get accosted, right? I'm black. They're white. She snatched him up so fast. I said, make sure you go home and you teach his ass some manners. I said it loud enough so everybody could hear me. Mm -hmm. Because nobody could ever convince me that that man did not know what he was doing was discourteous. Right. Or, I don't know, sexually inappropriate. It was was so disrespectful, but it was blatant. Because his thing was, I don't care that she's standing there. I don't have to say excuse me to her. It takes five seconds to. Takes not even five to say excuse me, pardon me, sorry. Mm-hmm. Do it all the time. Yeah. All the time. But again, it's if we don't make each other accountable, accountable for our actions and the intent behind what we say and what we do. Yeah. It's no different. How are we any different? We're, to me, we're part of the problem if you don't correct it when you see it. Because then you're excusing it. Exactly. You're, you're, you're at one with. Exactly. And see, I hear this, you know, from white people because that's who I'm usually listening who to. Mm-hmm. That's who's around me. And it's, well, I don't understand what, why, why is it always got to be about race? Or why, why does it, we can't use the Cleveland Indians? And why the Washington Redskins? And I say... This isn't your conversation, right? If a person of color, if a woman, if a Native American says this is offensive, I was raped. You're being a, a, right. a, a sexist right. to me. Right. You believe that person. Right. Because any if you say to me, Meredith, that hurts. Mm-hmm. And I say, as a white woman mm-hmm. speaking to you, well, it's okay. I didn't mean anything by it. Mm-hmm. I am gaslighting you. I'm telling you what your reality is not real. Exactly. And I am and thinking that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Because in your gut, you don't want me saying the N-word to you. Mm-hmm. In your gut, you feel that oppression, that 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 violence towards yeah. you with words. Mm-hmm. And for me to say, come on, it's fine. You know, we're friends. Exactly. It's fine. Or even in a song. Yeah. If you're listening to hip hop and rap, hey, cool. You better pause. You better pause. You better be quiet you for a second. You better come up with mm. another word. A flittle ditty. You just keep going. And here comes the N word. A slimanama. Yeah, okay. You, just you better come up up. with something. Nutter butter. Something. <laughs> you better figure something. Nutter butter. You better figure another damn word out. But the, but see, Seriously. This is, but I do have friends that look like me that say, then they shouldn't be singing those songs. Here we go. Exactly. Here we go with the policing. Because exactly. white folks were really good at policing everybody. Tone police, anger police. Absolutely. Word police. Absolutely. But at the same time, these same, these same things that we're talking about mm-hmm. can also be used for the words rape, Absolutely. sexual assault, Absolutely. towards religion. Mm-hmm. Like we need to start understanding that words have, have power. power. They do. And they have power for self. They really do. You know, a, a person of color might use the N-word and be like, damn, I got, and, and exactly. now I'm empowered. Now that's, I'm owning that. Screw right. you. I'm owning this word. Right. A woman might not be ready to say I was raped. Sure. She might still be in the energy of sexual assault. Right. She might not be ready to claim yeah. rape. Yeah, that's true. And that is powerful. That's true. That is a, an energy uh, situation see, you know she's what? getting to. I'll tell you something interesting. 
go. I, I can't wait to hear from, from our, our listeners. Mm-hmm. To me, two of the most powerful words in the dictionary, this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. are victim mm. and victorious. Oh, yes. Don't you find that fascinating? Yeah. Victim and victorious. And you can't get to victorious without the word victim. You cannot. You have to be squeezed. And you have to make the decision. Yep. Based on it doesn't matter what the situation is, rape, molestation, abuse of any abuse, whatever it is, you have to make the decision. Yep. Am I going to remain a victim or am I going to change that from being a victim to becoming victorious over whatever the situation is? Yeah. See, I'm I'm stunned at so many people that make the decision to remain a victim. Yeah. And it's not that we're insensitive or I'm insensitive. One of my dearest, dearest friends was molested by her own father. Right. There's nothing. I mean, now how do you get past that? And you can't get out of it. You are in a victim situation. You cannot leave your house at age five, six, seven, eight, 12. You're in it. She got married recently. And guess who was there to give her away? Her father. I, 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 I was so speechless, but she said, Monica, I had to make the decision that I was no longer going to be a victim. I had to forgive him. I'm with you so far, but I know she said I had to work towards forgiving him. Okay. And attempt to rebuild the right relationship with him. Mm-hmm. I know that's not easy because see, I can't conceive that. Nope. Because it's funny because my father's deceased, but my father was my world. I was a daddy's girl. Mm -hmm. And he and I used to talk about that. He used to say, I don't understand as a father, after having children, what happens to a man that he could abuse his own child? He used to say, I just don't understand that. Yeah. So when she said that to me, and when I was at the wedding and he was there and he gave her away, I was like, that's a lot. Well, what's happening? That's a lot. Because that's a lot. That's a lot. But she made the decision. She said, I've been a victim. This is what she said. She said, I've been a victim for 45 years. I made the decision that I was no longer going to be a victim. I have to gain victory over this. Yeah. I have. To. So that's why I love that, those words. But at the same time, you can become victorious, create a healthy boundary, and kick the damn people out your life. That's true, too. I mean, now that's true, too. When I That's true too. decided that I was being victimized, right. I was allowing myself to be victimized in a relationship with somebody okay. and that to be in this relationship, to be in this relationship meant that I was going to continue to be a victim. victim. There wow. was no way I was out going to get out of that. Got you. And this is with a family member that is still a family member. Like, wow. And I've said, this person's a bully. They will always be a bully, which will always make me a victim, period. Right. And so I needed to be an active participant Mm -hmm. in that relationship by way of cutting myself out of it, Mm -hmm. putting up a boundary and saying, I am no longer going to be your victim Mm -hmm. because you, you know, I mean, this dad in your scenario, he's clearly done victimizing, I guess. I mean, who knows? He could like start some like psychological warfare on her. (laughs) I mean, who knows? right? Right. But for myself. 
I knew that to be in this particular relationship required me to be a victim. Sure. And so I always tell people, stop being a victim. And they are like, you know, like, and I say, you're actually not a victim because you're a grown ass man. You're a grown ass woman and you're a participant in this. If you're in it. Yes. You are participating. Yes. If you have two legs yes. or a wheelchair or whatever the hell, and you can get out, you're an active participant. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I see people on TikTok and they're recording their husbands verbally abusing them. And I literally, you know, want to get on there and go, are you actually still there? Please tell me this is a past recording. Right. Because if you are so aware. And I bet, bet you if you check with the majority of them, they're still there. Right. Because again, they, they've made this decision that they're not worthy of the best. Go back if, to our last if, episode. Absolutely. Right. Cinderella. Go back to if, Cinderella. If, but if you don't have self-esteem and confidence. Mm-hmm. And you don't gain the knowledge and the awareness. See, people don't understand about how important awareness is. Awareness is huge. Yeah. But this, it goes back to it's words. Huge Verbally abuse. You're aware. You're so conscious of everything. Not that you're sitting up there like the word police. Right. But you're so conscious of how people treat you. Mm-hmm. The energy that they bring to you. If y'all don't understand anything, energy is attached to everything, every word, every every action, every color, everything you do, there is an energy attached to it. This microphone, the shirt, hair, energy is attached to everything. When you understand that, you don't allow people to bring anything negative around you. I don't have no negative energy in my life. Do you hear me? I'm telling you. Girl, I will nip it quicker than... You remember when Barney Fife used to say, (laughs) that's my favorite saying? Barney Fife used to say, nip it, nip it, nip it. That is exactly what I do. Right. Girl, if I see it, I don't care who it is. If you're bringing negative... Not going to tolerate it. Because it seeps. It's a little bit here. But it's the same thing with words have power. Yep. Words have power. There's a difference between me saying, like, if you, okay, give you an example. You call me and you you share with me that you want to start a new business. Mm -hmm. I can respond to it in two ways. Girl, I'm so proud of you. Tell me how I can support you. Or you don't know nothing about that. What you doing? Why, Why are you even attempting... You don't know nothing about that. You need to stay in your lane. Oh. Can you imagine what that does to somebody's spirit? And yeah. that's how most people respond. Yeah. They don't respond in a positive way. Whether you think you, uh, whether I think you're going to fail or not, that's not my job. Nope. My job is your friend is to support you. Period. And we talk Unless about you that. Unless you're ready to go get on the pole. Now I might right. have to talk you to might you about have that. To, right. Might, yeah, you're like, Meredith, I'm not sure about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, we might have to have a conversation <laughs> about that one, girl. Your ankles can't handle yeah. those heels. <laughs> well, other than that, my job is to support you. How can I support you? What can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. But see, the difference in the power of the words. There is an energy attached to what I just shared with you. Right. One makes you feel like crap. Absolutely. And that is exactly what most people do. 90% of the time, the first thing that they're coming with is the negative. You have to be awareness. Like I said, Mm -hmm. awareness. When you're aware, you're conscious of everything you do. You're present. 
you're present with what you say. Can I tell you the craziest thing that happened to me in the grocery store yesterday? This is going to blow your mind. Uh, I'm in the grocery store and this lady is, she's trying to pull the cart out. And while she's trying to pull the cart out, everything in her purse dumped on the, on oh, the, on the floor. Right. Mm. So I stopped and I was helping her pick the things up. So, you know, she didn't even say thank you. Mm. So I went on in the grocery store. This sweet little elderly lady that I didn't even know was watching me. She comes up to me and she said, I just want to let you know, I saw you. Mm. Now I'm black. The lady that dumped the stuff on the ground was white. The little elderly lady was white. She said, I just want to let you know, I saw you. She said, you're kind. And I said, I said, I strive to be. I really do. I said, it bothers me when I don't see kindness around me. Mm-hmm. She said, but you know what, sweetie? She said, we have to just keep etching away at kindness one step yep. at a time. She said, but I just want to let you know I saw you. That was so sweet of you. So and I'm, I'm telling you that she walked away and I started crying. Right. Because I, it shouldn't, it was a beautiful thing, but that's what anybody should have done. Right. That should be the norm. That's the Right, but not it, even close. But girl, not even you close. see people fall, they drop stuff, people don't help them, they don't say, and then you see these TikToks where you see somebody applauding and celebrating somebody being kind. Well, damn it, we're supposed to be kind. You don't get extra points for you doing the right thing. You don't get extra points for doing the right yeah. damn thing. You don't get extra points. Or saying the right thing. Yeah. Which is hard. what we're talking about. Words have power. Well, when you were talking about that, that negative example of, you know, like you, you stay in your lane, right? right? What I, what I go to is, is that becomes a norm in a person's life from childhood. I agree. Being picked on by uh, your mom or dad, where it's like, you're just dumb. Why are you wearing that outfit? You know, don't you know your role? A boy's mm. not going to like you. I actually, I actually was dating this one guy when I was much younger. And I remember my dad said something to him and I love my dad, but he did say something to him like, what do we got to pay you to stay with her? Something demeaning. And I remember just clearly I've chosen to forget it. But I remember like those little things that our dads and moms say to us. That's hurtful. It creates a pattern of normalcy to be treated badly. It does. And so that when other people treat you badly, when friends treat you badly, when spouses or boyfriends or girlfriends treat you badly, but it that is normal. Acceptance of domestic violence. Yes. See what you just said, that plants that seed yes. in little girls. Yes. When they when they see their father demeaning their mother and the mother says nothing and does nothing. Yep. That child thinks, oh, okay, well, that's what I'm supposed that's to do. What it looks like. That's, that's what, what I'm like. supposed that's to do. That's how yep. I'm supposed to be treated. That's what, that's what love means because he tells me oh he God, loves yeah. me and then tells me I'm fat. That's powerful. Yes. He tells me he loves me, but tells me I look ugly. Yes. As a, or, or my mom. Yes, so, and, and I tell women that, and I've done podcasts on it is you need to understand you're training your child up for how they will be treated that's by the world, by right. what they equate love to be. Mm-hmm. And I have had clients that I have said, you were in a very negative childhood situation where your dad didn't want to be around you. Your dad spoke poorly to your dad, you know, whatever. Right. And so you think, cause then, that's then acceptable. It, and, and that's, that's the norm. Is, right. I love you. And that's not the norm. That's not, that's okay. not the norm. And that's not okay. And then that's we, okay. and then 
when there's people like us that won't tolerate it, mm-hmm. right? Because we've learned you're a bitch. that we don't have to. Right? Mm-hmm. You're a bitch. You're a bitch. You're a bitch. You're sensitive. You just are, you think you're better than everyone. Do you hear the gaslighting? This is, no, I want to keep you in my vortex of negativity. Why won't you stay there with me? Exactly. Exactly. Right? Why won't you go back there with me? Yeah. Right? And we're like, no, I'm good. I'll have two friends if I have to. I'll be single if I have to. Because I will never go back there. Exactly. And once, once people learn that, they don't have to tolerate this. You don't have to be abused physically, emotionally, sexually, whatever. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, if there is any group of people I wish could really get how words have power, yeah. it's all of us when it comes down to family. I'll tell you what. I'm telling you, there is so many messed up ass people. Mother does not know best. Oh all the time. my God. Family Ooh. is not thicker than oh, water, right? Oh Lord, sweet baby Jesus. Right? It is so many people messed up by childhood trauma yep. from what they heard. You're skinny, you're fat, you're ugly. Nobody will ever want you. You're this, you're that, or the other. Those words have so much power and they to the stick. point where you are looking at people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and they're so screwed up in the head. Yep. The voice in your head telling you. That they've never been able to get rid of. They can't get rid of. So they're seeking validation. Through if, sex. Through sex. Through drugs. Through, through drugs, addiction. Through, through drinking, shopping. Through shopping. Through everything that you can think of because they've never taken the time to sit and work on your shit. And stop being in negative relationships just because you're related to somebody. Girl, please. Are you kidding me? Just because you're related to I somebody. I do not believe in that. What? I just don't. We have been trained up wrong. That we're supposed to honor the father and the mother and, you know, blood thicker than water. Sometimes you, the, the Bible's clear. You Sometimes you have to love people from a distance, especially yeah. when they dishonor you and disrespect you. Right. That, I, I mean, and I'm a devout Christian. I love God. God is everything in my life. But God also tells us to seek wisdom and common sense. And common sense means to me that I'm not supposed to allow a family member to verbally and physically abuse me. Because Please tell me where I'm, where I'm supposed to do that or right. show me in the Bible where I'm supposed to let a family member talk to me any kind of way, treat me any kind of way. And it doesn't matter whether it's your parents your aunts, your uncles, your nieces, your nephews, we're not supposed to be abused. No, we're not. And let me tell you what, when someone verbally abuses you, when words, the N word or any other type of demeaning word, Mm -hmm. when we allow that into our experience and accept it, yes, our spirit is crushed. Absolutely. Our spirit is absolutely a little bit of chink here in the armor, a little bit of destruction there, a little bit of breakdown there. And then before we know it, we're allowed, it becomes norm. We become the vibration of negativity. We become the frequency. No, that's the kid that goes to the, goes to the high school and shoots up the whole damn high school. Right. Because they got a mother or father at home belittling that is belittling them and making them feel like nothing. So where do they take that rage? That, right. Cause that's in there because it's in them. So it's they have to have them. an outlet for that yeah. rage. 
So that's what we're saying about words have it matters. power. It matters. They have so much power. You have to think about what we're saying to each other. I, t- I said this to somebody the other day who was getting ready to end a relationship, an intimate romantic relationship. And I said to this person, I said, whatever you do, I respect your choice in ending the relationship, but do not leave the person slain. I said, you all kill me ending relationships and you just chop people oh, up. Just you pointless. chop them up. You, you don't leave them whole. You can end a relationship without leaving somebody just yeah. slain. Mm-hmm. If you can't leave somebody whole, then you need to pull back from it and figure out what do I do to make sure that I'm not wounding somebody. And what's wrong with just saying, just be honest. I need, I need a break. Just, I, I need just to get be out of honest. This. You know, if not it's there. not working or, you know, we're just not compatible, it doesn't mean that you're not a good person or that I dislike you. But at this point in the journey, you know, I just see that this is not working for us. Yeah. You know, how do you feel? But you see this in but marriage all the time. But you're talking about it. It's happening you're not marriage. just yeah. the, where you, like these people to do that ghosting shit. Right. <laughs> Girl. Right. That is so hurtful. It is cruel. It is the worst. And because at pussy. least, yes. <laughs> you say it again. Say it again. You're a pussy. A big, you a big old right. pussy. Yeah. All you have to do is just be honest. Out. This isn't working out. It's not working out. You're a great person or you're a great guy, but our communication's not there or I'm not physically attracted or, you know, the, just our, to be our, nice. our intimacy, whatever. But just to start a relationship with somebody. And this happens a lot. And, oh, oh, my God. And that's all I see on social media. It's crazy. Women and men asking, what should I do? I, I, I never heard from him again. Or I thought we really had a great, you know, our first date or our third date or, that's you know, so and, or I slept with them and then put your damn big girl panties on or your big boy drawers on. Just say what's And just say the truth yeah. where you're not leaving somebody broken. Yeah. Because when you do that, that's, some people are not able to come yeah. back from that. Yeah. Some people are not like, right. But you see this in marriage, the divorce, just slandering the other person. The other like, person. look at how bad I have it because he or she is just this, that, and the other. Yeah. And then the kids are listening to that. Exactly. It's like, you need to understand that your yeah. child is 50% of your spouse. Exactly. And they know that. And so yeah. if you're annihilating your soon to be or exactly. our ex, that yeah. it confuses that the child and it attacks the and child. it makes kids feel like that they have to make a choice and yeah and you should never have to pick between your parents never. ever but a lot of times people you know they do that in a in a because they want to be look at how good mom is exactly look at how sweet daddy that's so but wrong. mom's such an asshole that's dad's so- such a turd <laughs> and it's just like you don't need to convince so anybody. Trust me, no. your kid will figure it out. You never need to tell your child anything. They will all figure. They will all figure it they out. They will. They will. You sure got that right. They will. And they you know will. what? Just with words have power in a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. The positive is the same. When that woman says, you're so kind mm-hmm. and I see you, mm-hmm. that makes your whole day. It did. It touched my heart. It, it, really, it really touched For someone to take the time. It did. Because she came and found me in the grocery exactly. store. I, it really, It really did touch my it heart. It changes people's life. Yeah. I mean, I it's get the same thing within the LGBTQ community. Oh, Oh Lord Jesus, people can be vicious, vicious. with their words. Yes. And again, 
words have power. They have power. When 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 children are attempting to figure out figure their sexuality out. and and they may feel like that they were born in the wrong body or whatever, right. a parent, a teacher, a sibling, a family member can say something one time. Can, girl, one, one one time. It can literally slay that child for life. For life. Therapy for decades. When they're never able to get past yeah. it. We should all be prepared for our children to come to us and tell them that they're going to be the opposite sex. We just need to have that arsenal in our back pocket. But just you just to do it right. If you understand that your words have power, take a breath. If you take a breath, take a breath. If you just take a breath before you speak, Mm -hmm. it makes all the difference because you can say something that you just can't take back. Under any It's like the crinkled paper. Every time someone says something mean, you crinkle the paper, you crinkle the paper, you crinkle the paper, and then they apologize and you open the paper. Is the paper whole again? Is it perfect? Exactly. Is it okay? No, yeah. it's crinkled. Words have power. So I have a girlfriend, I have to tell you, I have a girlfriend back from where I'm from, and she got pregnant at a younger age. And she was very, of course, nervous to go tell her parents mm-hmm. as any child or daughter or husband is man is afraid to tell her, Hey, I just got someone pregnant. I'm not married. Right. And so she walked up to her dad. She got, here we go. Right. Small town, white, you know, dad, I'm pregnant. Right. So there's how many options, right? How many options of things that he could say that could, that was going to stay forever and ever and ever. Right. And this, this, here that she told me has changed my entire life as a parent. Wow. He said, Oh, God must have known that we needed a baby in the family. Are you serious? When I tell you it has changed everything in my life wow. about how I parent. That's what her dad said. That's what he said. I have never heard that in my life. Can you ever imagine how much grace oh my and love and caring and safety and compassion that would change a person see, for most life. Most people don't know what grace is. Grace is given to all of us, but, but do we uh, offer it up? Grace is when unmerited, unmerited yep. favor in a situation is what grace is. And he gave her that. And he gave her that. Can you imagine yeah. hearing those words as a pregnant oh teen? My God. But how much would that change your life? Absolutely. It would actually give you the safety to make a decision. Like, what if she didn't want to have that baby? Yeah. What if she did? At least she has the safe space and, a, and to have Absolutely. a clear head. Absolutely. To know that she's in a safe space to have yeah. a conversation with him moving forward. Maybe in the next breath she says, but I'm not sure if I want it. She did have the child. Yeah. But at least you're given a safe space. I mean, that is true. But see, love. People, people don't research grace, y'all. Look right. up that word. I'm telling you, it's such right. a powerful word. And I'm we don't give grace you, to ourselves. We do not. We don't, we don't even extend grace to ourselves. To our own selves. Absolutely. We are hard on ourselves. Absolutely. We think we're supposed to be perfect. I fight with my 12-year-old. She's okay. a perfectionist. So I'm me- like, come on. Be kind to yourself. Okay. Little Miss Entrepreneur, Miss right. 25-year entrepreneur. Right. I've always been so success minded in building my businesses, which I've done very, very, very successfully at. 
that it took years for me to sleep in on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. I felt like if you're sleeping in, you're lazy. You're lazy. Mm -hmm. You don't care enough. You're You're not trying. You're lazy. Lazy. Girl. And I had an epiphany one day when a friend of mine said to me, Monica, you have to extend grace towards yourself. I said, so so extend (laughs) Extend what? Right. And he said, you work 80 to 100 hours a week. When Saturday and Sunday come, extend grace to yourself to let your body relax. And heal. To restore. Yeah. And it, it was just like something said, whoop. It's time. It's time. Yeah. And that happened probably 12 years ago. I it think has where you would have been. Literally, girl, I'd be in a casket. I, because I'm, I'm having I'm this serious. podcast in a box. I, I'm, I'm telling you, you because have to. you have to extend grace towards yourself in, in, in so many different ways. Because I think that we are too hard on ourselves. Oh. And again, words. Yep. You, the words. I mean, the, the word words restore. People, yeah. the, when you just said the word restore, restore. Mm-hmm. that shifted everything. Like just in just saying these little exactly. words, I yep. needed to restore my, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Ask me now who is the queen of sleeping in on a Saturday. Right. But you have to. There's a time to rest and work. Absolutely. Because I do need to restore. I mean, I'm I'm so busy with all of my businesses and the TV show. And, you know, we do business development and I work with professional athletes and COVID compliance. I'm all over the place with that. I'm so busy that I have to extend that grace towards myself. So whether it's going to get a massage or whatever, but I've learned to do that. Girl, it took me years to learn that. I used to feel like I was being lazy. Well, and that goes back to the programming from childhood of, you know, we we are programmed about money. Money, the word money has power. Oh, girl. And I just had a podcast, right, with with about the girl, the gal from Ameriprise, Cheryl. We did a whole thing about how if you have a negative relationship with With the word money, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. our parents might have said rich people are assholes. Right. And so now all of a sudden, if I get money, I'm going to become an asshole. You're going to be an asshole. Is that forward thinking? No, it's subconscious. But so I decided not that I had a negative connotation with money, but I had a weird one. I had one of those where you had to work real hard to get it. Sure. And so like I wanted to change that. So I changed the word money into energy. Mm. So money is just energy. It flows completely to me. Whatever I put out, I should be getting back and I'm allowed to, and it's okay. It can flow to me as naturally as air. And so we need to recognize that the word money has a connotation, work, lazy, perfection. Like they said, you know, they send the teacher send who's your kid. Mm -hmm. And so I said, my daughter is a perfectionist, but I'm not saying that as a, as a, as a star, sure. I'm saying it as it's an, actually a negative wow. that she's afraid to fail. She's afraid to fail. And that or is not a, a good place because then you're not trying new things. Yeah. But we, we look at, we're like, Oh, I'm a perfectionist. Dude, that is not a good thing. It isn't. You want to be able to fail, it isn't. you know? So mm-hmm. failure has an, has an energy to it. Yeah. But also you have to, again, extend grace towards yourself. Oh. Somebody that is a perfectionist doesn't, the, the word grace does not come into their vocabulary. No. None. Because if you're extending grace, you're not looking for everything to be perfect. You know that we live in an imperfect world. We have Things are just going to happen. Right. Doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. Doesn't mean you've sinned. It doesn't mean you've none of that. 
sometimes shit just happens. Shit just happens. And guess what? If you're quote failing and keep trying, that means that you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. I could be really, really, really good at staying home and washing dishes. (laughs) I am super good at it, you know, but instead I decide to do all this. You know, and, and invite failure into my life. You're so crazy. But it's so true, but right? That's true. That I is mean, true, though. Yeah. You just got in a car yesterday, drove your ass here from Atlanta, and I'm like, we're just setting up. We're doing it. Mm-hmm. We're we're pushing it, and Absolutely. we're we're gonna try to get this out there. Get hey, we're gonna. I mean, I see us on Sirius XM. I see us having our own show, right? Preaching, girl. I'm Preach so, it. We're gonna be traveling the world, telling everybody what's up. But see. And of course, I'm laying in bed last night going, uh-oh, what if I have to wear a diaper on stage because I'll pee my pants because I, I'll just jump in excitement. I had a 10-pound baby and I don't got a good bladder. It's so I mean, silly. Oh, but, my God. But when I'm laying in bed there thinking about you and I doing this and bringing this to the world and getting out there and traveling all over talking about right. this, what's the first thing that happened? I got scared. Wow. I was afraid you. of failure. I'm like, really? like, what? Are, okay, we're on stage. Are we going to have like teleprompters up there making sure we stay on topic? Because clearly we need help talking. But because <laughs> clearly we have an issue with keeping talking together. But honestly, like there was that. And that's what people say is people are more afraid of being great. People yeah. are more afraid of the success that can come. So right. they stay small. But see, I believe in that analogy. Nothing beats a failure but a try. Totally. Just I believe trying. in that analogy. Nothing beat. I would rather fail. 100%. But I know that I at least put the effort into it. I tried it. it. But see, that's that's how I live my life. You have to. That's how I live my life. I want to at least make the attempt. And if I fail, so be it. So be it. I say you cannot fail at anything except for trying to be somebody else. But you know what? I'll tell you something interesting that I found out. Bill Gates will not collaborate or partner with an organization that has not failed. Wow. Because they haven't learned. I love that. That's when amazing. I learned that, I was like, wow, he will not. Because there is something about failing. When the market crashed in, what was that, 08? Mm-hmm. When the market, oh, girl, when I tell you I lost my ass. Right. Because well, I, I had so many clients there were insurance companies and financial institutions that went belly up. So, I mean, I really, when the market crashed, it affected me. I had to lay off tons of employees and it was tough. Yeah. It made me reinvent myself. Mm-hmm. It made me reinvent my company and corporation and implement new products and services that were going to be futuristic. So, yes, did I hit a bump in the road? Yes. And I did. I remember feeling, I kept saying, I feel like a failure. I'm having to lay off employees. Why did this happen? And, you know, why didn't I see it coming or whatever? But when I looked at the bigger picture, that quote unquote challenge or failure that I went to, it helped me to rebuild my business and my business has been soaring ever since. Well, look what we're doing with COVID. Yeah. I mean, we're going from a menu to the scan bars and now we have more outside seating. People are reinventing themselves or deciding I don't want to work 122 hours a week and live in a one bedroom apartment in New York City. Screw that. I'm going to change. We are reinventing success. We are reinventing lifestyle. We are reinventing the wheel. But a lot of people found themselves during COVID. 
Timeouts. I, I'm telling time you, I, I did a master class, and that was one of the things we were on Facebook Live, and there were just thousands of people. And that was one of the questions that people kept asking was, how has COVID affected me? And I, and I have to say this, I think you will agree. Last year, 2020 was my best year ever financially mm-hmm. in all my 25 years of being wow. in business because it made, it made people get still, yep. put in the work. If you fucked up, fix it. Come to Jesus. Get, get, it's get, time. get, get your life right. Get your life get, right. Get your shit together. Yep. Okay. If you don't like your job and you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and you know you're great at this, that, or the other, damn it, put it together and do it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I kept telling everybody on that masterclass. I said, now is the time. I mean, people were sharing these fantastic ideas that they had. And I said, now's the time to do it. Right. Now is the time to do it. I, I hate that it took for the damn country to shut down. The world to shut down. For the world to shut down, for you to take the time to sit down, get your business plan done and set up your legal foundations and get your entity set up where you can go out there and make the effort to make this happen. Right. So a lot of people ended up finding themselves. 100%. During COVID. I agree. They Be- found themselves. Because it gave COVID. us enough of a pause. And, yes. and I know we know that people lost loved ones yes. and or financially. I did. I mean, right. I yeah. lost family members and friends. Right. We're was... not negating the the, the heaviness exactly. of, of, COVID of COVID and what it has brought into people's lives. But we also have to look at the reality, the reality of what has transpired exactly. and changed in our society. Yeah. It has put us in timeout to slow down, to get off the treadmill of I go to work, I go to work, I go to work, I go to work, I get a paycheck, I go to work. And they said that this is actually going to transform the entire way that the world does business, right? So less traveling, more Zoom, don't need to go into the office, don't need to rent 3,000 square feet of office space. People are going to start doing more consulting. So instead of hiring entire sales force or this or that, they're going to use, they're going to use, they're going to use all these different It was fantastic. I mean, it was fantastic because, you know, with what I do, the majority of the time I work from home unless I'm in the field or I'm traveling mm-hmm. or on the show or whatever. Yeah. But it made corporate America realize that people can be just as productive. Oh my, totally. And they don't have to be in no doggone cubicle. And right, hour sitting and in half. traffic, an oh. hour going in, an hour coming back and all this foolishness. Quality of life. Quality of life. It made them realize you can be, I mean, just as productive. You don't need to be in an office for yeah. what? Well, and they have somebody micromanaging you and totally. the office politics and that bullshit. You can sit at your little office at the house and be just as damn productive. Yeah. Well, I mean, my husband, he would get done at four. And then we could go for a walk. Exactly. We'd go to the grocery store. We yeah. could go do stuff. Exactly. Instead, he sits in his office till five yeah. to then take an hour to get home. He gets home at six or six thirty. Yep. And it's travel, travel. That yep, just yep, wasted yep. two, two and a yep. half hours of his day. I mean, I'm telling you, it changed energy. And it changed the corporate energy. Yep. Soup to nuts. I'm telling you, it changed everything. It made a lot of these executives and presidents and CEOs really realize. Are we being productive? No, the hell you not. You're just having people sit there for you. You just having people sit there so you can micromanage them and feel like that you you know you're you're doing something. Yeah, and it's yeah it's ridiculous. But I mean, like this this is where we're heading is by by really sculpting our life and our future through our experience, through our words, through mm-hmm. the way that people that we are attracting around us. Absolutely. I mean, because even with the Zoom calls, would yeah. you would you agree that? When you're in the office, 
I think people took for granted the ability to be able to connect. Yeah. When you're on a Zoom call, you have to be very intentional with your words, mm-hmm. with your intent, with your face. Absolutely. You have to be energized. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So that's why it's even more important that people understand the power of their words yep. and their intention. Their intention. Absolutely. And you know what? We're, we're driving, the, the world is steering people. What was once okay is no longer okay. okay. And we're holding people accountable for Absolutely. their actions, for their words, for their behaviors. And, it, you know, I look at, and we're going to get into this next week, but I look at all of these people that are being held accountable for racism mm. and that they're their kids and them, they're going to be left in the dust mm-hmm. because we're moving so fast and forward yeah. towards relationships like you and I really speaking life into synergy and into Absolutely. connection and to, yes, yeah, yeah, I see color and it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, we're getting out of the, I don't see color. No, I do because I'm color and it's, oh yeah. And so we're holding people accountable for their words mm-hmm. and we're, we're moving forward. And, and in my opinion, and we've talked about this, mm-hmm. racism to me or the lack of racism is pretty much, in my opinion, the last step towards awakening. I agree. A true awakening when you can get past that, because that shit has been inbred in us since we were born. Girl, you better preach. Okay. So let me share something with you. They asked Billy Graham Mm -hmm. before he died, if there is any one thing you could change in the world, right? You have power and control over what would it be? And he said, his exact words were racism. He said, it's the last tool of the devil. Yeah. And he is so right because it has separated our country in such a way where it it just drives me insane that when you see something like Mm 9-11, which we just observed, Mm. I guarantee you those people that were on those planes weren't sitting there saying, I'm not going to hold her hand or ask her anything as the damn planes were heading into a damn building. It was not there. They could care less whether you were black, white, green, yellow, purple. If anything, we are sitting there praying together because we know we're getting ready to leave this planet. Right. Or if you are donating blood, do you actually think that I'm going to ask? People do. Did that blood come from a black person or a white person? Who gives a rat's ass People are still doing if it, it is going to sustain my life? Trust me, you ain't saying that if you're in a coma. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But again, it's like what I'm saying about how it has divided this country. Yeah. It is. A, and see, for me, I'm different because I took jump from the North. Right. My parents didn't tolerate discrimination. Didn't tolerate it. I was raised that way. Mm-hmm. Was raised that way. I'm going to tell you something that is going to blow your mind. It's it's going to blow the internet up. So y'all just gone and blow up. (laughs) Never heard the N word until I left Cleveland, Ohio and moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I was in my twenties. Never heard the N word. I don't think I had ever heard the N word. I had never heard. And when when the person called me the N word, I was, I was, uh, who, what, uh, who, 
who you well i was trying to see who they was talking to right i had never heard the word your mind was behind me i, I was like who, who, <laughs> what's that who is that right. what you had never heard the word my parents did not tolerate racism did not tolerate it mm-hmm. my mother and father used to say god is love and where there is love there is no color we love everybody. Mm-hmm. And I had all kinds of friends, white friends, black kids didn't like me because I had so many white friends. Wow. It was insane. And we'll be talking and about was, that. Girl, I was just like, okay, I don't understand because see, my thing is I love everybody. So I don't understand why y'all are upset with me because I have white friends. I like everybody. Right. So I, even now, right. Girl, I have such a hodgepodge. I got a beautiful, just array of all kinds of friends, black, Asian, Irish, Jewish, everybody. I love people. Right. So when you love people, it's hard for you to have this, this scope of racism where you only see this person for, and that person for, I don't know how to identify with that. But I think that that's where we're moving here is to, I see you, right. I recognize your experience on this planet right? and it's okay. Right. We're moving away from everyone's the same and I don't see color to I see color but that color is okay sure and we're moving towards that slowly but sh- I, I but put you something know up what the other it day is yeah we gotta have the conversation gotta like have what the conversation. we're doing right now we gotta have the words. I have white friends that'll call me and they'll be like okay so Monica what do you think about this mm-hmm. you know and I'm like okay am I your only black friend why you're calling me because I'm right. confused right. I should not be your only black friend right the mouthpiece for where you gotta right. call me kind of checking everything where well we wanted to call this project by this name is it is is that a racial connotation I'm like am I your, am I the only black person you know or is there no one on your panel that is also of color? Girl, come on. Please. Is there no one else that's working on your with board, you on your in your office or friend? And I have some white. But friends. we see this in in companies. Oh I my mean, God. Gucci with the mask that was. I mean, is there no one working at Gucci that could have had a conversation and said, "Do not put that on the shelf." You know what I mean? Like, but that's how you can see that there's no one at the top. Exactly. And there was no one at the top. Exactly. There was no person of color. So she called you for your free DEI. (laughs) There was no person of color. Well, then that's why they got a problem. You know what I'm saying? But see, that's why it's important to broaden your horizons and have all kinds of friends. All kinds of friends, all you know, kinds I mean, of conversations. I'm not any different than your white girlfriends. I just have more melanin in my Isn't skin. Isn't that the weirdest thing? It's the craziest thing how they think that we're so it's, different. It's super and weird. we're not different. It's super weird. It's crazy. If Like when you really boil it down, and that's what started me on my whole journey with recognizing my racism, recognizing my biases, sure. is really boiling it down to the stupidity of mm-hmm. racism. Mm-hmm. The insanity of racism. It is literally the lowest common denominator of self-esteem. Absolutely. For white people. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's perceptions. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that because we got a race episode coming up. Yeah. But there's just perceptions that people have, white people have about black people. And the same thing with black people have about white people. And until we start having honest, real conversations about the shit ain't going to change. Yeah. We have to talk about it. Well, we're getting there. I know. We're doing, we're, we were starting it today I know. With, with this, but we're going to get into it again next week. Yes. So stay with us because we're going to, I mean, we're spitting it. It's happening. <laughs> Even from my white mouth. 
because, you know, we got to have every perspective, which is great. Absolutely. But come back with us next week. We're going to be here week after week. We're doing this. And if this takes off, I mean, we're going to, we're going to sidebar, we're going to start a whole new podcast. Yeah. You know, that's really my goal is for you and I to yeah. be able to do this every week. I would love that. And so that. let us know, like, you know, what message us, are. what your thoughts are. Because yeah. I get, I know, which is why we were talking about it. Right. I get bombarded with calls. I mean, I'm always speaking. So this is such a great opportunity so for fun. both of us. Yeah. So. And she's going to have, you're going to have your Instagram. We're going to have that in the show notes. Yeah. And what's your Instagram, just in case someone's just listening and they want to. The, du- the 007 Diva. The 007 Diva. So check her out. And that is in the show notes. And so we'll be back here next week. Monica, thanks again. Yes. Great. Hey, everybody. See Great soon. episode. <laughs> so fun. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.